0: nothing at all. But we must humour them, O Queen. They never mean half, they say. If it pleases my husband to believe that I believe he can make Suleiman bin Dawd's palace disappear by stamping his foot, I'm sure I don't care. He'll forget all about it tomorrow. Little sister, said Balthus, you are quite right. But next time he begins to boast, take him at his word. Ask him to stamp and see what will happen. We know what menfolk are like, don't we? He'll be very much ashamed. Away flew the butterfly's wife to her husband, and in five minutes they were quarrelling worse than ever. Remember, said the butterfly, remember what I can do if I stamp my foot. I don't believe you one little bit, said the butterfly's wife. I should very much like to see it done. Suppose you stamp now, I promised Suleiman bin Dowd that I wouldn't, said the butterfly, and I don't want to break my promise. It wouldn't matter if you did, said his wife. You couldn't bend a blade of grass with your stamping. I dare you to do it, she said. Stamp, stamp, stamp! Suleiman bin Dowd, sitting under the camphor tree, heard every word of this, and he laughed as he had never laughed in his life before. He forgot all about his queens. He forgot about the animal that came out of the sea. He forgot about showing off. He just laughed with joy. And Balkit, on the other side of the tree, smiled, because her own true love was so joyful. Presently, the butterfly, very hot and puffy, came whirling back under the shadow of the camphor tree, and said to Suleiman, She wants me to stamp! She wants to see what will happen! Oh, Suleiman bin Daoud you know I can't do it, and now she'll never believe a word I say. She'll laugh at me to the end of my days. No, little brother, said Suleiman bin Daud. she will never laugh at you again. And he turned the ring on his finger, just for the little butterfly's sake, not for the sake of showing off. And lo and behold, four huge jinns came out of the earth. Slaves, said Suleiman bin Dowd, when this gentleman on my finger, that was where the impudent butterfly was sitting, stamps his left forefoot, you will make my palace and these gardens disappear in a clap of thunder. When he stamps again, you will bring them back carefully. Now, little brother, he said, go back to your wife and stamp all you've a mind to away through the butterfly to his wife, who was crying. I dare you to do it! I dare you to do it! Stamp! Stamp now! Stamp! Balkis saw the four vast gins stoop down to the four corners of the gardens with the palace in the middle, and she clapped her hands softly and said, At last, Suleiman bin Dowd will do for the sake of a butterfly what he ought to have done long ago for his own sake and the quarrelsome queen will be frightened. Then the butterfly stamped. The gin jerked the palace and the gardens a thousand miles into the air. There was a most awful thunderclap, and everything grew inky black. The butterfly's wife fluttered about in the dark, crying, Oh, I'll be good, I'm so sorry I spoke. Only bring the gardens back, my dear darling husband, And I'll never contradict you again.' The butterfly was nearly as frightened as his wife, and Suleiman bin Dowd laughed so much that it was several minutes before he found breath enough to whisper to the butterfly, "'Stamp again, little brother. Give me back my palace, most great magician.' "'Yes, give him back his palace,' said the butterfly's wife, still flying about in the dark like a moth. "'Give him back his palace, "'and don't let's have any more horrid magic.' "'Well, my dear,' said the butterfly, as bravely as his could, "'you see what your nagging has led to? "'Of course, it doesn't make any difference to me. "'I'm used to this kind of thing. "'But as a, a favour to you, and to Suleiman bin Dowd, "'I don't mind putting things right.' "'So he stamped once more, and that instant, "'the jins let down the palace and the gardens without even a bump.' The sun shone on the dark green orange leaves. The fountains played among the pink Egyptian lilies. The birds went on singing, and the butterfly's wife lay on her side under the camphor tree, waggling her wings and panting. Oh, I'll be good, I'll be good. Suleiman bin Dowd could hardly speak for laughing. He leaned back, all weak and hiccupy, and shook his finger at the butterfly and said, "Oh, great wizard!" What is the sense of returning to me my palace, if at the same time you slay me with myrrh? Then came a terrible noise, for all the nine hundred and ninety-nine queens ran out of the palace shrieking and shouting and calling for their babies. They hurried down the great marble steps below the fountain, one hundred abreast, and the most wise Balkis went stately forward to meet them and said, "'What is your trouble, O Queen?' "'They stood on the marble steps, one hundred abreast, and shouted, "'What is our trouble? "'We were living peacefully in our golden palace, as is our custom, "'when upon a sudden the palace disappeared, "'and we were left sitting in a thick and noisome darkness, "'and it thundered, and gins and afrits moved about in the darkness. "'That's our trouble, O Head Queen,' and we are most extremely troubled on account of that trouble, for it was a troublesome trouble, unlike any trouble we have known. Then Balkis, the most beautiful queen, Suleiman bin Dawd's very best beloved, queen that was of Sheba and Sable and the rivers of the gold of the south, from the desert of Zin to the towers of Zimbabwe, Balkis, almost as wise as the most wise Suleiman bin Dawd himself said, is nothing, O queens. A butterfly has made complaint against his wife, because she quarrelled with him, and it has pleased our lord Suleiman bin Dowd to teach her a lesson in low speaking and humbleness, for that is counted a virtue among the wives of the butterflies. Then up and spoke an Egyptian queen, the daughter of a pharaoh, and she said, Our palace cannot be plucked up by the roots like a leek for the sake of a little insect. No, Suleiman bin Daud must be dead, and what we heard and saw was the earth thundering and darkening at the news. Then Balkis beckoned that bold queen, without looking at her, and said to her, and to the others, Come and see. They came down the marble steps, one hundred abreast, and beneath his camphor tree, still weak with laughing, they saw the most wise king, Suleiman bin Daud, rocking back and forth with a butterfly in either hand, and they heard him say, O wife of my brother in the air, remember after this to please your husband in all things, lest he be provoked to stamp his foot yet again. For he has said that he is used to this magic, and he is most eminently a great magician, one who steals away the very palace of Suleiman bin Daoud himself. Go in peace, little folk. And he kissed them on the wings, and they flew away. Then all the queens, except Balchus, the most beautiful and splendid Balchus, who stood apart smiling, fell flat on their faces. For they said, If these things are done when a butterfly is displeased with his wife, what shall be done to us, who have vexed our king with our loud speaking and open quarrelling through many days? Then they put their veils over their heads, and they put their hands over their mouths, and they tiptoed back to the palace most mousy quiet. Then Balkis, the most beautiful and excellent Balkis, went forward through the red lilies into the shade of the camphor tree, and laid her hand upon Suleiman bin Daoud's shoulder, and said, O oh my lord and treasure of my soul, rejoice! for we have taught the queens of Egypt and Ethiopia and Abyssinia and Persia and India and China with a great and memorable teaching. And Suleiman bin Dowd, still looking after the butterflies where they played in the sunlight, said, O my lady and jewel of my felicity, when did this happen? For I have been jesting with a butterfly ever since I came into the garden. And he told Balthus what he had done. Balkis, the tender and most lovely Balkis, said, O my lord and regent of my existence, I hid behind the camphor tree and saw it all. It was I who told the butterfly's wife to ask the butterfly to stand, because I hoped that for the sake of the jest, my lord would make some great magic, and that the queens would see it and be frightened. And she told him what the queens had said, and seen and thought. Then, Suleiman bin Dowd rose up from his seat under the camphor tree, and stretched his arms and rejoiced, and said, O my lady, and sweetener of my days, know that if I had made a magic against my queens, for the sake of pride or anger, as I made that feast for all the animals, I should certainly have been put to shame. But by means of your wisdom, I made the magic for the sake of a jest, and for the sake of a little butterfly. And behold, it has also delivered me from the vexations of my vexatious wives. Tell me, therefore, O my lady and heart of my heart, how did you come to be so wise? And balkis the queen, put her head a little on one side, just like the butterfly, and said, First, O my lord, because I loved you, and secondly, O my lord, because I know what women folk are. Then they went up to the palace and lived happily ever afterwards. But wasn't it clever of Balkis There was never a queen like Balkis from here to the wide world's end, but Balkis tailed to a butterfly as you would talk to a friend. There was never a king like Solomon, not since the world began, but Solomon talked to a butterfly as a man would talk to a man. She was Queen of Sabaea, and he was Asia's lord. But they both of them talked to butterflies when they took their walks abroad. End of The Butterfly That Stamped by Rudyard Kipling